Hello and welcome to Special Issue, Wiley's podcast for societies about all things scholarly publishing. I'm Anna Ayler. In this episode, we're going to listen in on some reflections on inclusive editorial practices shared by Lisa Benson, editor-in-chief for the Journal of Engineering Education. Lisa's story is a powerful example of how sometimes what seems like an editorial crisis can actually be an opportunity to learn. Lisa spoke at a virtual seminar for society publishers hosted by Wiley in November of 2020. Um, I'm really honored to be here um, and talk to you about what's diversity got to do with it from an editorial board standpoint. So just reflecting on um, the diversity on the editorial board for the journal that I'm um, the editor for, the Journal of Engineering Education. And so looking at diversity as a way to really break down those barriers and um, dissolve the inequities across access to science. So often, um, when I discuss the Journal of Engineering Education, I talk about it in terms of people. I became editor in 2017, um, and this has been my, my kind of message about the journal ever since I started. Um, JEE is not just made up of articles. It's not something on the shelf. It is made up of people. And so I, I have this amazing group of people and colleagues that work together on the editorial board. I have two deputy editors and about two dozen senior associate editors and associate editors. And our mission is very clear, it's all over our website. Um, it's to cultivate, disseminate, and archive scholarly research in engineering education. So we've been really good at disseminating and archiving. That's something that journals do really well. But as editor, I really wanted to focus on this other piece, this idea of cultivating the research community in engineering education. So um, from the start, I've tried to take an inclusive approach to, to my editor job. Um, in 2017, my first editor's page was titled Zisui JEE. So, so clever, so cute. It's like, if everybody says it, I am JEE, we are all JEE. Um, I wanted to encourage that idea of, of the community using JEE as a platform for understanding complex issues like diversity, um, facilitating dialogue about difficult issues like social justice and advancing engineering education for a broad population. And then um, a few months later in the spring of 2018, um, following the, the suggestion of one of our authors who was writing about a marginalized population um, in engineering. So, so he was writing about um, first-generation uh, minority students. Um, they suggested that we put the fearless girl, um, if you're not familiar with this, this, um, this statue, she was on Wall Street staring down the bull on Wall Street, um, literally. So we put that on the cover of JEE and again, very clever, uh, I titled my editor's page fearless. And so in that editorial, I said, uh, push the boundaries, think broadly and deeply about how to advance our body of knowledge. We're open to your ideas. So again, just trying to embrace this inclusive approach to research and, and to editing. So everything's going swimmingly, right? Like I'm doing the right things, I'm sending the right messages. I think everything is going really well. Um, we are publishing more articles um, that highlight topics related to social justice, that are related to diverse populations, that are related to equity and inclusivity. 
But as much as I try to focus on cultivating our community and publishing these articles on diverse topics, there seemed to be something missing. And, and I could not have possibly recognized what that was without others bringing it to my attention in a very real way. So, so I wanna to describe to you a scenario that happened. Um, imagine a scenario in which a reader identifies what they perceive as insensitive, racially charged and offensive messages in a JEE article, Journal of Engineering Education article. This reader questions how this material got published. They question the peer review and editorial processes for the journal. And they turn to their colleagues and they say, look at this paper, let's discuss this, what do you think? And their colleagues concur. And they see this as a sign of systemic racism in the journal they see the Journal of Engineering Education as racist. So that kind of sent me reeling. Um, but, but what happens next? And the situation was very nerve wracking, very high tension, very high emotion, as you can imagine. Uh, but the reader could have done one of several things. Um, they could have retreated from the journal, sworn it off, never gonna publish there again, or even retreated from the field that they see as marginalizing them. They could have waged a smear campaign against the journal. Um, they could have criticized JEE editors and reviewers in a very public way. Or they could lean in and they could bring this to the, to the attention of those in power. The way it played out is that they chose to lean in and, and bring this to the attention of the journal. And they reached out to someone they trusted on the editorial board. This is crucial. The reader was an African-American female and so was the associate editor that she reached out to. Without that connection, without the trust that this associate, associate editor um, had that, that you know, she was not going to just dismiss this issue as a misunderstanding, which to be perfectly honest, was what I was inclined to do when it was first brought to my attention. This, this whole situation could have gone very differently. So how has this played out? Uh, we've had ongoing, open, and occasionally painful dialogue between the editors, between me, the other associate editor, and the readers involved. Um, and we are making changes to JEE JE policies and practices. So some of the changes that we're making, um, we have drafted changes to the author guidelines and the review criteria to explicitly address issues related to diversity, equity, and inclusivity. We've drafted new diversity, equity, and inclusivity guidelines for all our stakeholders, authors, reviewers, editors, and readers. We've created new positions on the editorial board that will allow more junior scholars to participate. And one of those positions um, is actually a DEI intern that will be focusing specifically on what is going on in the journal and its policies. And then we invited um, a series a group of authors to write a series of guest editorials on anti-racism. Uh, a remarkable group of um, pieces of work that look at the history of um, racism and white supremacy and how it, how it connects to engineering education, looking at um, engineering education's anti-blackness in, in its research agenda, and then looking at anti-racist starter kit for engineering educators. It's a really powerful um, group of uh, articles. So some of these initiatives were in the planning stages, or I had been thinking about doing these things. Um, but the scenario gave this 
issue, the, the issues related to systemic racism within the journal, um, a sense of urgency and relevance. Um, it just seemed way more important now to do these things. And it made me realize what was missing that I couldn't identify earlier. And it was this focus on relationships. DEI isn't just a matter of putting people on boards or having a task force or a committee. Um, without the diversity on that, the editorial board, I couldn't have cultivated trusting relationships with readers who had something to say about the journal's content. It's a really important point to me. Um, so what's diversity got to do with publishing? Everything. Um, I've learned my lesson. Uh, diversity matters. Inclusive research is good research. Um, equitable inclusive practices are good practices. Um, so what are some of these practices? Um, building trust, keeping lines of communication open in both directions, being transparent about the peer review process, the editorial process, um, and encouraging participation from all corners of the community. And this is what people call the diversity bonus. Diverse voices enrich outcomes more than homo homogeneous groups. Lisa and her team at JEE are such an amazing example of putting principles and ideas into practice. But that growth and learning wouldn't have been possible if the author hadn't spoken up and felt that there was someone on the editorial team who would take their concerns seriously. For research and research publishing to be truly inclusive, we need help from the entire community. We need people like Lisa who are committed to welcoming diverse voices and open to feedback when policies and practices need to be changed. We need more authors to speak up and better geographic, ethnic, and gender representation among editors. Because as Lisa said in her talk, diversity matters. Let's work together in good faith to make scholarly publishing a more inclusive, diverse, and equitable space. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. For Wiley, I'm Anna Ayler, and you can find more episodes and learn when new episodes are released by subscribing in iTunes or wherever you like to listen. You can get more news and information on society publishing from Wiley on Twitter by following us at Wiley in Research and on our website, wiley.com slash network slash society leaders. Our theme music was produced by Medine, and this episode was edited by Dennis Velasco. Thanks for listening. <laughs>